The Biden administration launches a probe into how the business practices of hospital purchasing groups and drug distributors may impact shortages of drugs. The number of surprise billing disputes heading to arbitration remains well beyond original federal estimates, according to new data. And a popular vitamin may increase the risk of cardiovascular disease. It's Wednesday, February 21st. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson, and this is Just Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines and health business and policy news in 10 minutes or less. The Biden administration is launching a probe into the business practices of companies that purchase and distribute bulk drugs for hospitals and their potential impact on chemotherapy shortages as well as other medicine shortages. The Federal Trade Commission and the Department of Health and Human Services issued a joint request for information on the issue last Wednesday. The two agencies said in a statement that they are specifically looking into the practices of group purchasing organizations, known as GPOs, and drug wholesale. GPOs work with healthcare facilities, including hospitals and nursing homes, to negotiate bulk purchase deals for drugs and other medical supplies with manufacturers and distributors. Drug wholesalers purchase drugs directly from manufacturers and deliver them to healthcare providers. The FTC and HHS said that they're seeking public comment on the market concentration of these organizations, as well as information detailing their contracting practices. The agencies said that the goal of their probe is to determine the possible impact on the generic pharmaceutical market, including how both entities may influence the pricing and availability of drugs. Neither agency named any specific group that they are investigating. The public will have 60 days to file a comment on the request for information. The Food and Drug Administration currently lists around 120 drugs as being in shortage. The White House announced in December that it would invoke the Defense Production Act to produce more medicine in the United States amid ongoing shortages. The Biden administration received 13 times more balance billing disputes through the Federal Independent Dispute Resolution, or IDR, process in the first half of 2023 than it projected it would get in the full calendar year. The IDR process was established through the No Surprises Act and allows providers, facilities, and health insurers to have their out-of-network billing disputes evaluated by a third-party arbitrator to determine the payment rate. An early report estimated that the IDR process would handle about 17,000 complaints every year. According to new data released by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, there were nearly 289,000 disputes initiated through the IDR process between January 1st and June 30th of last year. The volume of disputes is also on the rise. More than 136,000 disputes were initiated in the first quarter of 2023, a 24% increase compared to disputes initiated in the fourth quarter of 2022. There were also nearly 153,000 disputes initiated in the second quarter of 2023, a 12% increase in disputes compared to the first quarter of 2023. A small number of stakeholders are driving a large portion of the IDR cases, according to CMS. 
The top 10 parties initiating IDR accounted for 78% of all cases reaching dispute resolution. And these include large practice management companies, revenue cycle management firms, and medical practices. The agency said that three parties, SCP Health, Team Health, and Radiology Partners, accounted for 58% of all disputes in the first six months of 2023. Certified IDR entities closed more than 134,000 disputes in the first six months of 2023. Providers won around 77% of IDR cases, while health insurers won about 23%, according to the report. The federal IDR process has been bogged down by both a high volume of disputes as well as legal challenges since it was first implemented. The portal has been closed and partially reopened as lawsuits make their way through the court system. The suits, led largely by provider organizations including physician lobbying group Texas Medical Association, have alleged that the administrative fees, restrictions on batch claims, and that the process used to calculate payments typically favored health insurers. The Biden administration most recently fully reopened the portal in December. For more on the status of the federal IDR process, be sure to check out my recent interview with Matthew Fiedler of the Brookings Institution. You can find our conversation online at JustHealthcare.com or your favorite podcast platform. Researchers at the Cleveland Clinic published a new study that raises concerns about a possible link between the vitamin niacin and an increased risk of cardiovascular disease. Niacin is a common B vitamin that has been added to fortified foods, including flour, breads, and cereals in the United States since the 1940s. It was also previously prescribed as a way to lower cholesterol before the widespread availability of statins. Recently, it's become a popular supplement and topical beauty aid for its purported anti-aging properties. Researchers looked at two groups of patients without active heart disease and found over a three-year study investigating major adverse cardiovascular events that excess niacin led to an increased risk of heart attack or stroke. Around 25% of people in the study had excess niacin, which doubled their risk of major cardiovascular events to levels comparable with other health conditions, including diabetes or a previous heart attack. They argue that it's possible that 4PY, a breakdown product from excess niacin, increases the risk of a major cardiovascular event through an inflammatory reaction. According to STAT, Dr. Stanley Hazen of the Cleveland Clinic hadn't intended to study niacin specifically, but had wanted to investigate why when risk factors, including high cholesterol and diabetes, are managed, roughly half of patients still have cardiovascular events. The study authors note that long-term investigations are needed to assess the effect of chronic elevation of 4PY levels on atherosclerosis and other phenotypes. This has been Just Healthcare Daily from Kaufman Hall. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the podcast. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news at JustHealthcare.com. You can also get these insights emailed directly to your inbox when you subscribe to our newsletter, The Just Weekly.